It's the Muppod Show with our very special guests, Ben and Joe. That's right, guys. We are here talking about Muppets Now, Episode 3, Season 1. What's the name of that episode, Ben? The name of Episode 3, Season 1 of Muppets Now is Getting Testy. Getting Testy. All right. Um, And I have to say right out of the bat, unless I'm forgetting something, that really I don't understand the title. But that's okay. Well. Because this was... What? I mean... You know, there were... Was there something? Well, you know, the the basically, you know, to just jump right into it, the show opens with my new favorite character in The Muppets, Joe the Legal Weasel, uh, before Scooter attempts to upload this. You know, we open every episode with Scooter just exhausted because he's been running this entire production by himself. And right before he gets to finish his, his work week and upload this episode of Muppets Now... Someone always comes in with with some form of of tomfoolery and or shenanigans, uh, and right. on on this week's episode it was Joe the Legal Weasel letting him know that before uploading all streaming content has to be vetted by a focus group. Uh, so his test audience for episode three were uh, some some familiar faces that I was so happy to see, and I don't know about you, Joe, but to see. And here, Statler and Waldorf, again, yes. um, just brought joy to my heart. Even though those those curmudgeons were instantly insulting Scooter, uh, it was so good to see them. It was really good. It, it's it's I, I I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I've been watching this show not wondering when they pop up. I don't know if I just forgot or something that they were even characters. I don't know how I did because I lo- I do love the characters so much. But when they popped up, I was like, oh, my God. I was so, so stoked to see them. And uh, they delivered, too. Every interlude they were in was awesome. All the jokes it was were like, funny. Go ahead. It was this weird... There were, I don't know, the Testatron uh, that, that they were in. Like It was this weird, like, dual screen... But it it, was, it looked like an iron lung or something like it was this way like almost something out of Muppet Labs where it had Scooter on one screen and them on the other and like all these dials and gauges and knobs and digital screens in the middle and I don't know if yeah. you noticed the there was like a Chiron running at the bottom with like results of audience surveys that had some really neat kind of like Easter egg nuggets uh, scrolling across like before the Muppets Lab. Um, sequence which a bit of a spoiler but the muppet lab field test uh makes an appearance in this episode there was uh, a thing that said 54 percent, or no i'm sorry 100 percent of audience members don't know what beaker is saying <laughs> and throughout the episode there were just these little these little moments uh one of them towards the end said uh 54 of the audience asks why are there so many songs about rainbows oh god that's awesome no so I- that was a i thought that was a neat way to incorporate them it allows them to do what they do which is just roast the other Muppets without them being in the top of the theater where they normally are or in the back of the theater watching the first Muppet movie or, you know, wherever they, we normally find them physically. Um, we get to see them sitting next to each other, just absolutely tearing apart the other Muppets. Um, but in this, this new sort of 21st century digital platform, even though it would look like a 1950s steampunk right. science experiment. Uh, it was kind of a clever way to sort of get them involved and get them in a, involved in a way that mattered. Um, it wasn't just like cutting to a random balcony. Like, I mean, I know they do it in the original show, but this made a lot more sense in the format that they're doing it in this weird, like sort of like web series kind of show kind of thing that they're doing. 
Um, I did not notice the scroll. I uh, I wish I had now. I mean, I, I I noticed the scroll, but I never read it. I was just I was focused on on the characters on screen. Uh, but I'm 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 gonna go back and uh, look at all those little clips because that that is actually really funny. Uh, I was so yeah, I, I was stoked to oh. see them, and um, uh, you were also talking about Joe the Legal Weasel too. Uh, I have grown to very much like this character. When I first saw him in the trailer, I was like, he's annoying, but. I, I there's there's something about the dryness and then that like stupid laugh that's, that's a so funny great to laugh. listen to a great <laughs> laugh after some of the worst jokes it's so good there's something so so good and so endearing about Joe the legal I don't know if it's like the glasses or something but or no you know what it is I bet you it's the way he laughs like he just like like the the puppeteer's hand just goes like thrown into the air and like the the, the mouth just like opens as wide as it can it's just such a funny image of Joe the Legal Weasel laughing, but anyway, enough gushing about Joe the Legal Weasel. We have segments to get to. Look, we it was a hot start. We got Joe the Legal Weasel, we got Statler and Waldorf, and then it felt like almost immediately we were in the kitchen with the Swedish chef for Okie Dokie Cooking one more time. So and wait, you're so you're not the only one that thought that. I thought the opening segment was extremely short. Yeah, it felt it. it felt really short it was just we saw the dragging icon we saw joe the legal wheels saying nope scooter was confused statler and waldorf showed up tossed a couple ribs in there and then we were just insta into into the first segment which yeah. is why which is why i thought i was like man this episode's running this episode's gonna be quick and it almost i mean to be honest the first three segments were done in with about half the episode left to spare. And I was, yeah. I was really wondering what was going to happen. I mean, they did kind of save it towards the end, but uh, yeah, certainly the first two segments, if not the first three of the four, uh, they ran quick. I and we got into too. it. It was so fast. Like I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I, I think I got like three quarters of the way through the episode and I'm like, wow, this felt like it was like 10 minutes long. Um, yeah. it, it, it jumped right into okie dokie cooking and, um, even that segment felt way shorter than the other ones did, and uh, I think I know why. So let's well, – what? Go ahead. Well, I was going to – so because it's – it's uh, we had Roy Choi. Yes. Was, yeah, so famous I was for, the episode, yeah. Yeah, Roy Choi, famous for sort of popularizing, like, gourmet food trucks. And I, I guess he was part of the inspiration behind that John Favreau movie, Chef. So you, um, so you know who this guy is? I didn't know who he was. So I, I know the name, um, and then I've seen Chef, and so after watching the episode, I, I you know did some googling on Roy Choi, and uh, you know according to his bio, he he loosely uh, sort of was part of the basis of that that I think it was like a 2014 or 2015 movie by John Favreau, starring like John Leguizamo right. and John Favreau uh, called Chef, where they like open a food truck in Miami, and it's a whole thing. But um, I, I've seen Roy Choi around, you know, watching. I watch a lot of Food Network, Joe. I was is hoping the, it was going to be like I was hoping Guy Fieri was going to show up at some point, um, but you know I'll, I'll take Roy Choi. He might still. Is John Favreau? So you liked the movie, the movie Chef? Yeah, it was on Netflix. Uh, not a sponsor. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I I, I I was a big fan. Well, yeah. see, that's what I was going to say. Was now that we're plugging Chef, John Favreau, if you're listening, <laughs> give us a role in The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, any chance for me to get close to Baby Yoda? Um, I need it. Yeah, any He's so it, damn cute. And any chance for me to get close to Carl Weathers, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm here, John Favreau. I'm available. 
Anyway, Look, we'll we'll send him our resumes later. I, I uh, I, you you mentioned that this like you thought aside from time wise, this this segment was paced differently, yes. um, or or much quicker, and it it was I felt that way because like the chef didn't really do a whole lot in this episode. It was very much Beverly Plume just sort of like gushing and and just like just fawning over Roy Choi as he cooked up uh, Calbi. Uh, Korean barbecue bowls. You just which, nailed my note too, by the way. Which was which how much just, was, how much the chef was so reserved. Yeah, he just cooked rice in a rice cooker, which I mean, relatable. Um, but aside from that, he was so jealous the whole time. Which I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get the idea in the first two episodes that he was like that he liked Beverly Plume. Uh, maybe he just likes the attention. I think and that's so what for, it was for the host to be to be fawning over the other contestant right. while he like meticulously prepares these dishes and the chef just gets stuck watching his KitchenAid rice rice cooker just go for it and honestly one of like my favorite shots of the episode uh towards the end of the segment as Roy <laughs> Choi was like he was cooking up his his uh Korean barbecue and uh, he's like, all right, we got to prepare our bowl. Do we have the rice? And it's just a shot of them, and the rice cooker just comes flying in from the under <laughs> other end of the counter. It almost you went can off tell the counter. The, yeah, you can tell the chef just flung it. And as he's like, he's like with the precision of a surgeon is like putting together these bowls, and the chef's like playing solitaire. Um, I yeah. thought, yeah, I, I felt bad for him because like it's his show. It's okie dokie cooking with the Swedish chef. And it was like he was so excited at the beginning. Like Roy Choi showed up, and the chef's like, "I was going to do to do for do do And they were like shaking hands. And Beverly Plume's like, "He thinks you're great." And he just got <laughs> got no airtime on his own show until he brought in the cow and made a cow bee bowl by just sticking oh God, a, cow. a live cow's face <laughs> into a bowl of yeah. uncooked rice. <laughs> Anytime farm animals get involved in the Muppets, I love it. I love the chickens. That- I love the goats. I love the <laughs> I love the cows. I love the sheep. I mean, it's not even farm animals. Like last episode, we got an otter, or what was it, a weasel getting dressed up like a oh, the weasel. Yeah, he brought in a sheep and a chicken in the first episode. <laughs> so right. like we're we're getting livestock and live animals being like put into these dishes right. uh, in every in every episode. And so I can't wait to see what he's got up his sleeves. Uh, Swedish Chef has like episodes. a full subscription to like Farmer's Digest or something. He's ordering these things from. <laughs> uh, one thing that I don't think is talked about enough by anyone, certainly not me, haven't heard you say it. Um, there's a uh, during the sequence, Beverly Plume looks at Roy Choi and she's like, "Oh, are you married?" or uh, you know, like, is that a wedding ring or something? She alludes to like Roy Choi being married or wondering if he's yeah, married. That's and, all she said. And was Roy just, Choi, are you married? Yeah. Yeah. And then Roy Choi says, well, is the chef married? And in the next shot, I immediately am looking at his hand and the chef is wearing a wedding ring. I, and I, I, don't, I noticed that too. Yeah. I don't know who, what lucky lady got taken home by the chef and, and, and married, but A, good for her. B, she's set for life. He's a celebrity, international. Yeah. Uh, but, like, she gets great food, great conversation, yep. and that house is just crawling with animals, I would imagine. Um, I know. <laughs> so that was, that was something I, <laughs> that was something I, I didn't, uh, I've never noticed before. I guess I've never been looking for it. Oh, uh, but the chef, I guess that's canon, that the chef is married. Yeah, as, as, soon, as, as soon as he asked that, I did, I did the same thing. My eye went right to his, to his hands to see mm-hmm. if there was a wedding ring. And now it makes me wonder if it was in the previous ones. I kind of... Th- 
feel like I remember seeing it before. We're going to have to... Well, as we make our journey through Muppet lore, we'll have to look for the first instance of the yeah, Swedish chef wearing a ring. Yeah, So we can approximate when his marriage occurred. And, uh, and we'll, was... we'll... I'm going to look on the knot after we're done here to see if his registry is still live. There you see go. See if we can still send him something. But oh, that would we'll be get cool. Back some like, bamboo cutting boards. <laughs> or like some like chicken feed. A shot collar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought about that too. I thought that was interesting in a weird like Muppety canon like issue that the, that the that the chef the, the the challenger what was the name Ray Ray Choi Roy Choi Roy Choi okay uh, that that was something I was thinking about when he said that was like like I wonder if that was scripted or not like I wonder if that was just off the cuff or was that did they plan it like I don't know I, I I'm still having trouble like kind of figuring out what was scripted and what's not. Like, I kind of feel like they wouldn't have just, like, thrown the rice cooker across the counter without telling him first. You know? Oh, here we go. All right. Hang on. Uh-oh. We're breaking news. Oh, my God. Here. Oh, my God. So, Spill the um, apparently, a gold wedding ring has appeared on the Swedish chef's left hand as early as 2007. What, uh, what came out in 2007 for the Muppets? I don't know. Anything. He was uh, the the fr- his first appearance wearing a gold wedding ring was on a 2007 appearance of America's Got Talent. Okay. Um, apparently, Bill Beretta has said that Steve Whitmire, who was usually around that time performing as the chef's hands, uh, that was Steve Whitmire, former voice of Kermit the Frog. Um, that was his wedding ring that he didn't realize he was wearing uh, for the shoot and they couldn't reshoot it. Uh, The quote is, the ring was a mishap at some point when Steve and I started doing it together. We couldn't reshoot what we had done once we realized it and so it stuck. And the ring has appeared on merchandise and uh, (laughs) and apparently uh, Fozzie asks in the episode of The Muppets from the 2015 series, uh, Fozzie asks the chef, You've been married for such a long time. If your wife left you, do you think you could live without her? And the chef deflects, answering the question by offering Fozzie a, quote, cuppy cake. Wow. So, so the chef may or may not be married, but we know Steve Whitmire at least was married back in 2007. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> we're going to update people. We're diving we deep into, <laughs> into life. <laughs> Keep an eye on our Twitter account. As soon as we figure, we're gonna be like TMZ. As soon as we figure this out, <laughs> we're gonna update everybody and see what happens. We may get a cease and desist from the Swedish chef. I'm not sure, <laughs> but we're gonna take that risk. Chef, look, chef, if for the sake of the things, First Amendment, if things didn't work out, um, yeah, well, holler at us. We, I mean, he's got real hands, so he can swipe left and right on on Tinder. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Right. He's an he'll attractive right. guy. Mustaches are in. It's almost November. And so. women like a guy who can cook. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> he let's can not, cook. Let's not pretend like this man is a chef. We're good. He is a chef. He is he's a possible <laughs> farm owner. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's certainly kind to animals. I don't think I've ever seen him kill an animal. So he's an exotic European. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> he's got that accent. Anyway, ladies love, an accent. ladies love an accent. All right, moving back. Yeah, we- <laughs> this was ep- so of the three episodes, um, we had Carlina Will in episode one, we had Danny Trejo in episode two, uh, and Roy Choi in episode three. Uh, a diverse 
sort of cast of guests on this show. Yeah. Um, I will say that even though this was like kind of a, uh, this wasn't my favorite chef performance. Um, but of the three dishes so far, this Calbi like kimchi Korean barbecue bowl did look like my favorite. Uh, and it is the, the meal that has been prepared so far that I would eat. Um, it's interesting too, first. how much time was spent on it. And like, that's, I know it goes back to what we we're talking about with the Swedish chef sort of being more reserved this episode, but so much of the focus was on this other chef. Um, that we got to see a lot more of the cooking than we have in the previous ones, which I thought was neat. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, I think it also I have gave enough to, to cook a cowboy bowl. I said I think I have enough to cook a cowboy bowl now. Like I, I have enough. You can knowledge. possibly do it. Yeah, you just yeah. get yourself a rice cooker. And um, worst case scenario, I just get a cow and shove its face into a bowl of rice. And there we go. Make That's all you a need. A cowboy bowl, a ricey bowl. <laughs> Uh, it also gave Beverly Plume a nice chance to shine a little bit too, which I thought was cool. Uh, any any sort of development of new Muppets, I do enjoy. I mean, as much as I've said like I miss the old Muppets, I do like the idea of experimenting with these new ones. And uh, uh, Beverly Plume, I thought did very well. Like I really liked her. I, I liked the sort of flirtation she had with with Roy, and um, and uh, I'm excited to see how she interacts with future chefs. Um, perhaps maybe we'll see like a Gordon Ramsay versus the Swedish chef and Beverly Plume, you know, <laughs> gushes over Gordon Ramsay, you know, just something like that, uh, too, or even Guy Fieri, you know, as we talked about, but oh, yeah, position we'll to get the Swedish chef on an episode of, uh, guys, grocery games. Oh, not diners, drive-ins and Di- is that show still on no. diners, drive-ins and Dives? uh, I don't know. I watch a lot of triple G. So that's why, uh, I really, really want to see him in the convertible when he's driving with him. <laughs> Camaro, yeah, the Camaro Swedish chef just hands yeah. stuck out the Camaro. That would be great, It'd be perfect. Um, um, so I think we've talked we've talked about the first segment for longer than the first segment lasted. So I, we yeah, exactly. Move on. <laughs> we, um, we got uh, we got an interlude featuring Statler and Waldorf uh, and Scooter again. Um, but we also, as we did in the previous episode prior to the second segment, Muppet Labs field test, we got another legal brief. Uh, with Kermit and Joe the Legal Weasel just advising anyone in the audience not to uh, not to try any of the the behavior that they see or any of the activities that they see in the next I, segment. I did think this sign was funny. He just holds up a sign and says, don't. <laughs> that was good. But uh, yeah, so that led us into the Muppet Field Test, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite segments. I was a little disappointed uh, just, just off the bat. I was really hoping, like, when I first... When I saw the legal brief, I was like, all right, we're getting Muppet, Muppet Lab field test. And then I saw Beaker and, and Honeydew. I was really disappointed that we didn't get a return of Beaker in any sort of form. I was hoping, uh, as I mentioned last episode, that uh, Beaker, even though she was physically destroyed um, by by Beaker in, in a really violent way, um, right. I was kind of hoping, you know, as she mentioned, she lives in the cloud. I was hoping she would make a, a recurrence uh, the next time we saw Muppet Labs field test, but unfortunately we didn't. An Ultron-like um, appearance. <laughs> yeah, where she just gets built yeah. into... She's like Krang, and she just gets built into different uh, like pieces of, of technology. That'd be pretty but sweet. we did get uh, a lesson in velocity, and what better way to showcase velocity than uh, with pizza? Well, I, I, I agree with you, but first I do want to point out in their little lesson, I don't know if you noticed the Dr. Teeth cameo. Oh, I know. Oh, I noticed it. Dr. Teeth is Galileo. Yes. And then later we got uh, Sam Eagle as Sir Isaac Newton. Right. I Those was are so cool. pumped. Yeah, the little chalkboard segments are really great, and I was so excited to see Dr. Teeth. Those are cool because we got... I was, I yeah, was and pumped. He even, 
we even got a little like <laughs> like his little laugh yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as part of it when they brought up that it was in pizza and they were gonna bring out pizza um we got a little dr teeth laugh he saw his gold tooth like i was very very excited because that's like the first appearance of really any of the muppet musicians that we've gotten in this show um right. and however small uh, it is nice to see uh to see more familiar faces kind of make their way into the show. Exactly. Uh, an unfamiliar Muppet face, but familiar face sort of pop culture was <laughs> a weird person to bring in. Uh, the pizza guy, Al, Al Madrigal from like the daily show. And uh, he does like podcast stuff with Bill Burr. And like, he's, he's like a famous stand-up comedian, um, but not, you know, he's no Kevin Hart. You know, he's not like, any at the top of anyone's list so it's, it's a weird person to bring in uh to have like a real role in in one of these segments you know we've had the tay Diggs and the linda cardellini's and the danny trejos and the roy choice but for this segment this was an interesting choice um of somebody to bring in especially like we let off with rupaul who is you know one of rupaul's a famous person like a legitimately famous person that people know uh al madrigal not so much but kind of um, I, gotta, was, I, I thought it was interesting, and and he, I, I think he did a great job. I loved the like. So we talked about velocity, um, and he delivered a bunch of pizzas, and then proceeded to help Beaker and Honeydew test velocity by slinging pizzas at a wall <laughs> with this giant pizza slingshot. And the slow motion shots were awesome, and the subtitles, um, especially those like related to Beaker, were. I, I, I thought this, this segment was, was the best of the episode. Um, well, real quick, before you get like, too far into that, I, I do, I do want to say, I did not know who that guy was. <laughs> I did not know Al. Sorry, Al. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just kind of thought it was like a random actor. It was like, like kind of like the Pepe segments. Like, I don't think the Pepe people are, are real actors. I mean, I, I mean like, like famous actors, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think they're mm-hmm. maybe like extra type people, but this guy, now you're telling me he is somebody of note. It sounds, <laughs> that sounds mean to say, I don't mean to say it like that, but like he, he's done like this, this big stuff that like the daily show that you're mentioning. Um, but I've I've literally never heard of this person before in my life. Like I, I've, I'm so like, I, I, the first time I I'm don't hearing know if, of it. Yeah, I don't know if you watched uh, the Daily Show, but he was the the senior Latino correspondent for a while um, on on the Daily Show back when John Stewart was still the host. Um, so that was like pre 2012 election. Um, so I was you know in college trying to get woke. Uh, so I was you know watching my way through a lot of the daily shows and things like that. And I, I really enjoyed any time he was on the show. Yeah. Um, so he's not really anybody that I've thought about in a while. Um, you know, again, <laughs> no disrespect to him. He's, he's, he's got things going on again. He, he's, he's founded the all things comedy podcast network and he does like big projects with Bill Burr and Pete Holmes and, and, and other comedians. So again, he's, he's like got his bona fides, um, but just not, it not if you would have given me 200 guesses as to a, a co-host or a special guest they would have had on this episode he, he he would not be among those 200 i think i have to agree with you i mean someone i've never heard of i would never <laughs> i would never pick I mean, um sure uh, yeah that's yeah yeah but uh i mean going on to the segment like like you said it, it is pretty much involving about throwing a bunch of pizzas against a wall which i 
I thought it was fun. I don't really have a lot to say about it because there's just not that much going on besides just this chaos of throwing things against the wall. I mean, I understand like where they're going with it and I understand the lesson they're teaching with it, but realistically, like it is entertaining because we're just watching a bunch of food getting thrown against the wall and destroyed. But in terms of like things to like take away from the episode, I really didn't think there was all that much beyond yeah. i guess the performance of the pizza guy and then one little moment that i thought was kind of sweet actually which was uh the the cake that honeydew gave beaker for <laughs> yeah. becoming his assistant when it happened i was like oh like that's cool but then you know obviously it ended as it did where beaker just gets like thrown against the wall yeah how gross is that cake by the way because they've been partners for i mean go- several <laughs> four, decades yeah, at this four point years <laughs> i know that you're like supposed to keep the topper from your wedding cake in the freezer for like a year and have it on your one year anniversary or something but right. i don't think that honeydew got beaker they're not married maybe um but i uh <laughs> i don't know well, how you, old you that cake th- is. you don't think honeydew's come up with like some way of like preserving it perfectly or something it's a cryogenically frozen cake yeah, perhaps it might be they do it's like sitting right next to Austin Powers and Fry from Futurama. And, <laughs> you know. But uh, I, uh, anyway. it was just, it was a series of visual gags. Like, that exactly. that's what it was. It was pizzas and breadsticks and hot wings getting launched at a wall, at a, you know, a target painted on the wall. And, my, I mean, the thing that, that really kind of sold it all and, and, and helped kind of make it really work was the, the slow motion shots coupled with... <laughs> the like the subtitles so they they you know he threw the pizza against the wall in real time and then they went back and slowed it down and you heard uh you know beaker say wow or not beaker uh honeydew say wow and then you got uh, a subtitle for beaker just going meep and just a series of e's in the middle and so like that was funny but you're right this was i think the the first uh muppet laps field test we got with beak r was there was a lot more going on like muppet to muppet and just with the experiments there was like a level of progression with this it was like they tried once uh it didn't work because their angle wasn't right and then al was like yeah do this instead and then they just proceeded to launch things against the wall for a little while until he (laughs) decided to go back even further and then launch the cake and then ultimately beaker and poor beaker got flattened uh, against the wall yeah, I, yeah mean, I, so, I agree. It was just it, very visual stuff that really didn't... Like I said, there was just no takeaway to it. But it was still funny. I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I agree. Yeah. We but, can skip uh, segment three, right? We can. We don't have to talk about it. I, unfortunately, we do have to. I have to say, if of all the segments, <laughs> I am going to go ahead and say that I could do without the lifestyle segments. Miss um, Piggy hosting her own sort of like... Sort of like fashion show, sort of like a, uh, well, like this episode was like about relationships. So it's about stuff like that. I mean, it's just because. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. It is Piggy and I I can get why she would insist upon having her own segment every single time. Um, It does feel recycled and I don't think that it just feels stale at this point. Like even though it's only three episodes in and this was only the third segment, I guess because we have these these different segments showing up or if they're recurring segments, we're getting new guests and kind of new twists and new things. With this, it's the same stuff. It's it's the title card getting messed up. It still says lifestyle and she insists on it staying, saying lifestyle. We get uh, Uncle Deadly or Bobo kind of taking orders from Miss Piggy 
We get Tay Diggs and we get a Skype call with Linda Cardellini. And it's just like, it feels, I don't know. Like she's just a beauty guru on YouTube. And I I, I did like this Tay Diggs segment. (laughs) Just the, the, the eating in the dark or dining in the dark where for, I think it was almost two minutes. There was just, it was just literally a black screen. Uh, and then when they turned the lights on, you know, Miss Piggy was covered in spaghetti and meatballs because, you know, shenanigans again, arose. visual gags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like I just, I don't know. I like I, again. I've never been the hugest Miss Piggy fan, and I think for her, I did the the Skype call with Linda Cardellini. Uh, also featured Kermit and Beaker, as well as Bree, a talking piece of cheese. Um, it was about relationships, and so it was funny to see Kermit kind of squirming uh, during the relationship questions because obviously the, some of the questions were, how can you tell if a relationship is working? Uh, how do you get over being dumped? And is Miss Piggy available? And Kermit was just progressively like trying to get his way out of uh, out of the conversation. And at one point, there was a lot of hand-drawn signs <laughs> in this episode. At one point, Kermit just writes the word buffering on a piece of paper and puts it in front of the camera to, to kind of get out of having to answer the questions. But yeah, no, I like it, whatever, you know, it was just sort of lifestyle. If it's, it's going to show up, I'm just kind of, it's just something to get through. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole segment in general to me, um, it doesn't feel particularly creative. Um, I know you said you like the Tay Diggs segment. I, I didn't really, I didn't really find much merit. I mean, not much value in it. It was just a bunch of visual gags. Um, but, I mean, not even really visual because they were, it was dark. Like we didn't see basically what was happening beyond when the lights came on. And then we see whatever new chaos that just happened. Uh, but it, I mean, I, 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 the only thing I really took from value of it is the, is the, uh, the zoom call with, you know, Kermit and Linda Carly and Ebree and uh, Beaker and Piggy. Um, I really did like the character of Brie, actually. I thought that was the funniest part to me, was just the talking thing of Chase named Brie behind her. For no apparent reason, either. It's just She's just there with Linda Carlini. Um, I also really liked the idea of Beaker being on the call for, again, just absolutely no reason. Um, he provided really no value towards the conversation in any way, shape, or form, but I, uh, I enjoyed it nonetheless. And then, yes, I, I, it did... Uh, this leads into a deeper question I'll ask in just a second here, but yes, Kermit was really good on it, sort of like trying to dodge the whole thing and sort of try to distance himself from Piggy while at the same time um, sort of catching up with Linda Cardellini and trying to, I don't know, just avoid Piggy altogether, I guess. But, I mean, it did lead into the question that uh, it got answered before the segment was even over, but... I was wondering, like, what had happened to Miss Piggy and Kermit? Like, they're not together at this point now, apparently. And I don't really remember when it happened. I don't don't remember any sort of canon breakup or anything. I mean, I know we're talking about Muppets canon here, but, like, I don't remember, like, any sort of, like, specific thing. Like, if Walter's been introduced at this point and he's stayed on the show, like, he is part of the Muppets now, then clearly, like, like, the Muppet movie from 2011 happened. And not to get into that before we even you know, review the movie, which we're going to do, but it's interesting to see that. And then at the end of the movie, like Kermit and Miss Piggy, they, they sort of like, they sort of like mend their ways, I guess. And then I thought, unless I'm remembering it wrong, I thought they sort of got back together. 
So to see them now like totally separated, it's an interesting like break, I guess, in what what we were what we had known to begin with. Yeah, um, I looked at some stuff, um, you know, just because I couldn't remember. Because yeah, like in the 2011 movie, they they sort of reconciled. Um, you know, they were they were holding together the like the pictures from their wedding, which I right. think was from Great Muppet Caper, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's um, right. I don't remember. And then uh, late a few years later, <laughs> I guess they appeared on television with Queen Latifah, um, and Miss Piggy appeared to be wearing a engagement ring, and then Kermit tweeted in 2015 that uh they had broken up uh prior to the muppet show uh back in 2015 on abc oh so that's no so that's where it happened then i get well no because then yeah, the and, show they like well, it would appear that it happened on twitter uh and so it happened behind the scenes and kermit broke the news um but they were in the show together in in 2015 through that single season run and now they're they're hanging out here, um, you know. Kermit, I think in that show, like dated another pig. Um, I do remember, but that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, there haven't been many uh, many uh, sort of um, updates to their relationship. So it would appear that they are still broken up, but maybe are, they're they, they seem to be cordial. Well, and that's the thing. I was gonna like I I actually don't I don't mind the change. Like you can only do so much with like a relationship kind of thing, especially one that's been going on as long as theirs. I right. mean, you can only do so much comedy wise with it that maybe it is better for the both of them, and maybe they both come out of stronger characters with a, an interesting dynamic when they're apart like that. Um, you know, as we saw, like Kermit trying to avoid Miss Piggy at all costs, basically during this segment that led to i thought some at least some interesting moments of comedy you know like again i really think the segment just needs to be dropped but i still enjoyed pieces of it like brie and linda cartellini and kermit like you know catching up and stuff and uh, you know there there there's an there's there's jokes to be mined there in this awkwardness between kermit and miss piggy that hasn't been fully explored yet but i am excited to see more of it pop up if that is the case maybe they get back together in the next episode we never know but you never know but for now i am hope it doesn't appear on lifestyle right for for now though i am excited for this dynamic to keep going i just uh, like i'm 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 kind of at the point where i i think i was at that point after the first episode to be honest but i just the the lifestyle segment just doesn't do it for me and I know that that Piggy is Piggy, so she's going to keep getting her segment. So I would imagine that over the next three episodes, we're going to continue to get uh, lifestyle. But um, I, it's just for me, it's just something to get through, unfortunately. Because I would like to like it, but it's just none, none of them have landed for me thus far. Who's the Muppet from Electric Man? Uh, Janice, is that right? Yes. Yeah, Janice. See, I, I I see what you're saying. Like Piggy's got to be Piggy, you know, and she's got to have her her spotlight on her. But I I can't help but feel and like wonder what a segment like that sort of, but in a more like new ageish, um, hippieish sort of way, like a twist on it with Janice hosting it instead of Piggy. 
and almost like Scooter like having to duck Miss Piggy because she thought she was going to be the host of it, but they gave it to Janice instead. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like there's a there's a better take of lifestyle underneath what we got. Can you give Beauregard a show, and I'll watch it before I watch the next episode of Lifestyle. Oh boy! Well, I hope there's not an next one in this, in this you can season. <laughs> so no, I yeah no, I I don't disagree. Um, I you know I think we're like I said, I think we're gonna keep getting it just because that's the nature of of what Miss Piggy is as far as the Muppets go. Um, but you know I, whatever, maybe they'll maybe they'll impress me uh, over the next few episodes. They don't have to. They're certainly not obligated to. But uh, it's just not been something that I've that I've loved. And yeah. I will say. That after this segment, uh, Statler and Waldorf fast asleep uh, after after the lifestyle segment. Yeah, if that's they, not we, an indication, we back, look, we <laughs> went back to the to the you know scene, the testotron with Scooter and Statler and Waldorf, and they were asleep. And I can't say I blame them. So if they're wrong, I don't want to be right. Right. I mean, they only you know they only hate on everything Muppets related though, and here we are doing a Muppet podcast, so. <laughs> I can't really sit there and say it like I can I can sympathize with him, but at the same time, in that moment, I did feel a little bit like like a third Statler Waldorf type of old man yeah, in some sort of right some sort of like time. boardroom where I don't know where they were sitting, but it was yeah. it was interesting. But uh, we get done with the lifestyle segment. Yes, Statler and Waldorf were asleep and everything, and then we cut to Pepe. And his game show. I don't remember the Pepe's name of the game show. Unbelievable game show. There it is. And uh, it is an amazing segment. It really is. <laughs> it's awesome. He, Pepe we open is, instantly with the lightning round. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. He is he's such a great... I, 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 I never would have expected Pepe to be like the standout of Muppets Now so far. He's just super random, really funny, and... Um, he he really does just sort of like help keep up the chaos that the Muppets are known for that you really you like it's almost like with Gonzo like Gonzo you don't know what to expect when he pops up on screen but we haven't seen too much of him lately but thankfully we have Pepe here to sort of like fill that void and start out like you said start out with the lightning round just asking the most like random questions and probably my the funniest moment of the episode for me He's going through the questions. He's like, "Quick, how do you spell ukulele?" And you know all these different questions. And then he asks the the, the woman sitting there. He she uh, he goes, "What's your phone number?" And then she goes like five 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 five. And he's like, "You lie!" Uh, you know it was it was <laughs> it was so funny. I I really loved the lightning round. Pepe's game show is a gem in the Muppets now so far for me. Hopefully, I, I agree. I, yeah, I uh, you know <laughs> no. My my favorite part of him asking the the questions was he got to Daniel. So it was Daniel and Nico, uh, who are, um, just like the last two, we had our tunes and, uh, uh, Brie, I think her name was, name was Brie. um, we, they're, you know, extras, you know, but we, he asks Daniel, what was your first pet? Yes. And he says, Oh, we have this, this wonderful Sheltie. Uh, and I forget the dog's name. Uh, and he it, goes, it was, Oh, the, the dog's name was dusty. Oh, Dusty. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, is, did Dusty die? <laughs> and Daniel's like, yeah, like I, I, you know, Dusty died about six years ago. And I uh, it was so dark. I sleep with I sleep with Dusty's collar by my bed on my bedside table. Still, <laughs> Pepe's just like, 
Oh my god, this is depressing. I gotta stop. <laughs> it was just for him to ask these moment. these invasive questions to poor Daniel about yeah. his dead dog. Um, it, so we had the the lightning round where we were asking questions, and actually, um, through during the lightning round, uh, Daniel is asked to spell ukulele, which is spelled U K U L E L E, and Daniel spelled it U K E L E L E, and got rewarded for a, or got rewarded with a point. So uh, it's truly. Uh, a very whose line is it anyway situation. The rules are made up and the points absolutely do not matter. 100%. I also want to point out real quick, going back to the Dusty thing. I'm not – I could be wrong, and I hope somebody points this out to me if I am. That might have been the darkest joke I've ever heard in anything Muppet-related. I, I I have a feeling that that is not the case. You don't think so? I mean, I'm, I, know there's, there, I know there's other stuff in it, but – I know there's other stuff the Muppets have done that is more adult than you might think, but in terms of like dark, in terms of like like really like a weird note joke to have, like weirdly depressing, but making a joke out of it, I thought that was I I I loved it. I thought it was really funny, but at the same time, I was like, wow, that's weird to hear out of the Muppets. You know, I have a feeling as we find some of the more obscure. Uh, Muppet properties that that you will uh, that you'll oh, find, especially true. those made yeah. in the seventies. Um, you know, I, I think we'll, I think you'll you'll find that maybe that's not necessarily correct. But no, I did. <laughs> I now did that, like now how you're saying that. I remember now. I'm thinking of one of them. That yeah, and you're right. Daniel was just surprisingly like candid about it. You know, he's had six years to process and you know, everybody's first pet, you know, my, my first dog was Gus and I still think he, Gus died well over a decade ago. Um, but I, I still think about Gus often. Um, and, and so like, you know, I've had time to think about it. And, uh, so Daniel, Daniel was, was very strong talking about little Dusty, but <laughs> Pepe yeah. to pe- for Pepe to go, Oh my God, this is so sad. I have to stop. <laughs> to bring right into the next segment uh, where they have the makeover uh, segment and they have uh, 30 seconds to uh, use the makeup that's been provided to them to to put on the best makeup face. Right. Uh, and then Miss Piggy makes another appearance and comes back and does the judging. And I liked Miss Piggy in this segment more than I've enjoyed her in any of her lifestyle segments so I far. Was, I was literally um, just about to say that too. I, this yeah, segment that, you know, was better than any of the lifestyle segments. Yeah, like for, you know, understandably in 30 seconds for people to be doing their own makeup with limited tools and limited, you know, mirror and other uh, pieces of equipment. It was a bad job for both of them. They both look terrible. And at one point, Pepe told uh, Nico to put a red nose on Daniel. So she just took some lip gloss and slopped it on the edge of his nose. And he's just like started rubbing some sort of lipstick on his cheeks. And they both had ridiculous eyeshadowy eyebrows going on i mean just bad sad clowns uh and so (laughs) so to bring out miss piggy uh to do the judging and she was immediately horrified and was trying to find uh the best way to uh to go about judging them and one of the one of the contestants said well you know we did this to to ourselves uh or or she talked about his red nose pepe said well how's the red nose on daniel and um and Daniel says, well, Nico did that. And she said, well, I don't know who to take points away from in this instance. <laughs> and so I, I thought I thought Piggy was great. At one point, uh, she gave Nico 10 sixths of a point, And she gave Daniel 3.14 points. Uh, so, again, 
on Pepe's unbelievable game show, the points absolutely <laughs> do not matter. Not at all. Yeah, but, for for ten sixths of a point, I did enjoy that. Yeah, it it was it was really entertaining. It just a great segment all around. The makeup stuff was really funny. Piggy was great. Uh, the one thing that I, I I wasn't like I wasn't thrilled about. I mean, not thrilled, but I, I guess I, the only thing that didn't gel with me was the bonus round. Eventually, Nico ends up winning the game, um, and. They go to the bonus round, which consists of what? Do you, do you know? Do you have that creature's name off the top of your head or in front of you? Big, big mean Carl. Big mean Carl. Okay, thank you. I would that one. I wouldn't have known. Um, yeah. So it's a segment involving her trying to reach into his mouth and I guess try to figure out what the object is that's sitting. I'm guessing in his stomach. I mean, she reached all the way down. She, I, I was amazed at how far you know her arm was going down his mouth, but. Uh, the, the thing that I found funny from it, pretty much the only thing I found funny from it, was the jiggling of his jaw when he when it was happening. Like he was like, <laughs> there was this weird like puppetry, and I was trying to figure out how they were doing it, but there was this weird like puppetry motion where his jaw is just like rocking back and yeah, forth his, real fast, and, like jiggling, lip was just neck. quivering. Yeah, yeah something about that image was so funny to me, uh, and I guess th- I guess when she, uh, it ends up being a phone, she pulls out like this old style like. Like operator, give me you know whatever type of phone, um, to which it rings, and uh, I if I remember correctly, there was a, a wire coming out of like his stomach too, which made it even mm-hmm. funnier, I guess. But um, it turned out to be I guess his mom or something, and you just hear him in the background. If it's my mom, tell her I'm not here. You know, like it, it, I don't know what it was, but that 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 I thought was pretty funny. But overall, well, <laughs> the bonus segment seemed really lacking for me. He said. If it's my mom, tell her I'm not here. And then she picks up the phone. <laughs> he immediately yells, "Mom, not here!" <laughs> and he and then she says, "Yeah, he's not here, Ma. He's not here." I and his mom, by the way, is named Big uh, Carla, the Big Mean Mom, and she looks just like Big Mean Carl, but she wears flowers in her hair and has like makeup on, lipstick and stuff. Oh, I remember that. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with the same voice and everything, so like. Carl, I, I thought Carl has been around for a whole lot longer, but I guess he was, uh, his main sort of uh, debut was during um, Muppets Tonight back in the 90s. Um, but I really feel like he's been around for much, much longer. But I, I Maybe he was named he was, in the Muppets Tonight. Maybe perhaps. He well, he was before. in, yeah, he was in like every episode of the Muppets in 2015. Uh, he was in, you know, the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. So like pretty much yeah. since 96, he's been a... Uh, not A or B Muppet, but I'd say like somewhere in the C range of Muppets to kind of appear in things. Um, Cause he was in, you know, like when they were on the today show uh, and like a- a- AMC movie theater policy trailers and like commercials for, uh, you know, different like, like sort of obscure companies. Um, so yeah. big mean Carl, he's been around, uh, but you know, I, you're not wrong. Um, I, I think a lot of the chaos that is the Pepe show uh, kind of comes from both of the uh, both of the contestants kind of interacting with Pepe and Pepe kind of doing things on the fly. Um, so for this one to just be her like digging in Carl's mouth to pull out a phone was you're right. It was, it was a bit of a kind of a flop towards the end. I will one thing to note real quick before we before we close. I know we're running long, but um Pepe 
has a blackberry in the year 2020. Uh, I didn't know blackberries were still a thing. Um, but at one point during the episode, Pepe gets a phone call, uh, and it is, he takes it on his Blackberry. So I, I, I mean, I guess that, that, that was pretty, funny. I guess it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way. Like it was just such a strong segment up until that last bonus round. Um, didn't really do a whole lot for me at the end there, except for that, that one or two like visual gags. And then I guess, yeah, the mom, I'm not here. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, it, it was a strong episode overall. Muppets Now season uh, one episode three, uh, I really recommend it. It was it was funny. Uh, if you can get past the, the the lifestyle stuff, I mean there there was some good stuff uh, in there. The field test was great. Pepe's game show was amazing. Um, and even and like I said, like even even the Zoom call with Miss Piggy was was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's just it's the other stuff around it that I just really don't care for. I think Miss Piggy sort of is at her best, sort of interacting with with more of the Muppets. I mean, I I just I just don't find her shtick sort of funny in most scenarios, and especially this one where, especially how how many times it's reoccurring now. I'm assuming it's going to be seen several or a couple more times at least by the end of the season, but. We'll find out. I have yet to. I, I'm basically watching these episodes as we do this show. Uh, I'll kind of watch it like right before we we do this, just because I sort of want to get like a fresh take off of it. The episode was really good. Lifestyle was not great. Okie dokie cooking was uh, weirdly reserved, like weirdly sort of quiet for a uh, for a cooking segment featuring a Swedish chef, but. It still had some good stuff in there. So overall, a, a great episode, I think. I agree. I, I, I think I liked it more than episode two uh, overall. I think the of the because we got what three, three. Well, no, every segment that was in this episode was also in the last episode. Um, it was the game show, Okie Dokie Cooking, Muppet Labs Field Test and Lifestyle. So it was all of the same segments that we got in episode two. Um, and I think that. They were different, but good. I, I didn't dislike any of them aside from uh, what we noted about the lifestyle segments, which I think was just a result of kind of the samey sort of um, format as far as the guests go. So hopefully, if anything, um, we'll get less Tay Diggs and Linda Cardellini, um, not because either of them did anything wrong, uh, but maybe because it's been three episodes and we've seen Miss Piggy and Tay Diggs hanging out and we've seen Linda Cardellini on the zoom calls and let's just see what else we can do with the vehicle that is lifestyle. Um, cause there's definitely potential when you consider, you know, Miss Piggy's sort of wide variety of ideas and things that she might want to do and all every Muppet that we have at our disposal. And even those we haven't seen yet, we haven't seen Rolf. We haven't really gotten a ton of Gonzo. We got him for a moment in this lifestyle segment where he was talking about his disco dynamite gaming or uh, game show, um, where he's holding an active stick of dynamite. Um, you know, we, we, we haven't had a ton of Fozzie. We've gotten some Kermit, but really aside from up close and personal and the legal weasel segments and Muppet masters. Well, yeah. And Muppet, yeah. But so like, again, so outside of episode one and bits and pieces in the last two episodes, not a ton of Kermit. Um, if we're gonna keep lifestyle, let's try to let's try to figure it out. So 
Uh, I'm excited to see what episode four through six have in store. Um, and yeah, I, I, I did like this one probably better than the last one, but you know, I, I think they're all hovering in the seven ish range for me, which is good. Uh, I, I think that's, that's kind of right where they, they should be expected to be. It is good. Um, this is the first one I think, um, well, no. I I guess I, I would probably give this one a seven as well. Uh, whereas the other two, uh, the first one I would give a seven also, but the second I, I think it would it would have been like a five for me or maybe a six. I mean, it's not. I'm not in love with the show. Um, I'm still still waiting for more songs. I'm still waiting to see. Yes, people like Gonzo and Fozzie show up in a more substantial role. Um, I love Kermit, big Kermit fan, and uh, you know him not being a little more prominent in the show is also bothering me too. Uh, but I, it's still enjoyable. There's still fun to be had here. There's still good segments, uh, and it's an interesting way. It's an interesting take on the Muppets, like sort of their own little segments and stuff that they're doing in a more. I don't. It's just it just feels different from the previous segments that we've seen with other shows. So, like I said, there's there, there's 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 stuff there's good stuff to be had here. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that's it. I mean, is there anything else you can think of, Ben, in terms of the episode? I know, yeah, we ran a little bit long, but it did feel like there was a lot to talk about with this episode, and we haven't done one of these in a while. I mean, just you know, things get a little bit busy, <laughs> and uh, you know, it just sometimes it takes time for us to be able to sit down and do this. So I think when we do, and we when we finally get to sit down. We have a lot to say. We have a lot to catch up on in terms of our Muppet feelings. Yes. Um, no, I, I don't really have anything left on this. Uh, since the last episode uh, we recorded, we have found our way to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. We're still on SoundCloud and kind of basically anywhere where you can find podcasts. So if you're listening to this, you've found a podcast, whether you were pointed there uh, by us uh, or or you know, through an algorithm. But if you're listening to this right now, um, however you're listening to it, please do what you can. If you're on Spotify, uh, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe, give us a five-star rating or whatever rating you think is appropriate. Um, that sort of stuff helps the show kind of move forward. Uh, and if you have notes for us, please let us know. Uh, we are at muppodshow at gmail.com. Um, Yep. Reach out if, if you have anything to say. But if you are, wherever you're listening to this, if you're still with us almost an hour deep uh, into uh, episode <laughs> one or uh, season one, episode three of Muppets Now, please, please, please um, help the show out by liking, subscribing, rating, downloading, whatever you can do. Uh, it, it honestly helps us and we appreciate any amount of support you can provide. I also do want to point out we're on Twitter too, at Muppod Show. So can also yes. get into the conversation there with us we want to talk about muppets i don't get to talk about muppets with anybody but ben typically so let's join the conversation let's get into it let's talk, talk about, about our muppets, favorite muppets baby. let's argue about episodes whatever we got to do let's talk about you baby. there we go so uh i think that was a good episode it's a long episode um but i think there's a lot of good stuff in here so i am excited to take on uh season one episode four of the muppets now next time and um you know, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We, we really do appreciate it and um, hope to see you next time. So long.